All right, amen. I'm going to move this up. I'm going to be a little closer to y'all. Hey, let's open our Bibles to uh, Psalm 118. Open your Bibles to Psalm 118. Aren't you glad I made my wife step out and do that? <laughs> Give her the signal up front here. Just go for it. I can tell she had something, you know. I look up and I always can tell. And uh, I was like... I could tell she was unsure. I'm like, well, let's just go for it, you know. If you mess up, there's not a lot of people here, so no, most people won't remember it. So. All right, well, um, <clears throat> I was planning to keep on our series, but I felt like the Lord um, said to do Thanksgiving. So... You know, I'm kind of, you know, when you've been a pastor a while, it's some, sometimes you go, I'm not going to preach on Thanksgiving around Thanksgiving, just to do it, you know, just to change it up and, and uh, not get stuck in a rut, so to speak. But I really felt like just Thursday morning, um, just me and Aralee, and we turned on some Aralee music first, which is Baby Praise, uh, and then I turned on some Daddy Praise. <laughs> She got to listen to some daddy praise, and, and I was just, you know, I was just kind of moved that, uh, Thanksgiving is a powerful thing, and we don't, we don't talk about it, you know, we usually talk about it now, you see things show up on Facebook, people start being thankful, I don't ever see that in March, I don't know why, (laughs) Uh, and again, it's good to have seasons and, and things that help us uh, remember to, to do things. But you know, there's, some, there's something that happens when we choose to give thanks. And you know, Psalm 118 is a psalm about giving thanks. But there's a real familiar psalm, uh, Psalm 100, uh, that says in verse 4, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. You know, Psalm 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving. There's an old song. There might be some new songs, too, that I haven't heard. You know, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. Remember that one? I know, I know all of you do. I see a lot of gray here. I know you remember that song. <laughs> it's still a good one, huh? <laughs> But think about that. There's something that you go somewhere else when you give thanks. Something changes when you give thanks. You enter into something. You step through a gate. Psalm 100 is not the only place that is. It's also in Psalm 118. It's very fascinating. Psalm 118 says this, Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. And then it goes through a bunch of things. You know, let Israel say that. Let House of Aaron say His love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say His love endures forever. Uh, There's just songs of praise and thanks. Verse 15, it says, Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. This is a psalm that intentionally uses repetition of certain things over and over again. 
And so it says in verse 19, Open for me the gates of righteousness. And then look what it says after that. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me and you have become my salvation. And then it goes through several more things. Looking to Jesus, the stone the builders rejected, cries out to God and at the end it says again, Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. And so, you know, there's something that happens. And uh, I was watching, uh, I was watching my son wear these, wear these glasses. And uh, I'm going to put them on. Okay, he was, Evan's just awesome. So he was just sitting around reading books with these things on. And it looks like, you know, so he's inside wearing, wearing sunglasses. But here's the deal. Boy, these things really, I don't know how he's doing that. So, uh, these, these glasses are actually spy glasses. Okay? These glasses, like right now, I can see you. Uh, like, okay, I'll, here, we'll test it out. Uh, Don, I'll tell you when you're waving at me. Now. He stopped. Okay? See, I can see. These are, these are spy glasses, and so um, they're, really, I, they're really hard to read with and look at, and they make your head hurt. Uh, but I, when I put these glasses on, I have a different perspective. I can look back as well as forward. Now, I can't do either really great in these glasses, so the illustration breaks down. I'm going to take these off now. Uh, here's the deal. Thanksgiving ultimately is a change in perspective. It doesn't change anything in my situation, necessarily. Nothing changes in my life except the way I'm looking at life. And so Thanksgiving is an intentional change of perspective. And as I mentioned last week, you know, there's the opposite of thanksgiving is complaint. Complaining is giving thanks to the devil. Thanksgiving is giving thanks to God. Because it's all a perspective. I think I even said it, said it more, more intense last week, but I'm trying to Calm it down, but there's nothing, it's pretty serious. I mean, that's really what it is. When you complain, you're giving praise for all the bad stuff, <laughs> right? All of what's messed up, all of what's not right, all of what's missing, all of what's broken. Who gets that praise? That's the enemy's praise right there. That's what he's, he's living for. He's excited. Yeah, I did that. I was a part of that. I helped you do that. You did it, but I was encouraging you. <laughs> but when we give thanks to God... We're praising Him. And you know what happens? He says, yeah, thank you. I helped you do that. I was there encouraging you to do that. I was influencing you. I was a part of that. And I think it's interesting. I had this thought, and I know you've had this thought before, but it really struck me this morning even as I was praying. You can only really be thankful to a person. You can only be thankful to a person, ultimately. Ultimately, your thanks goes to, goes to a person. I'll give you an example. I can say that I'm thankful for this cell phone, right? But really, who made this? Somebody made it. I can't find anything that I'm thankful for that didn't ultimately come from a person. 
Somebody created it, somebody made it, somebody invented it, somebody thought of it, somebody had the idea, somebody learned something new. Ultimately, I can say, I'm not really thankful for the cell phone. Ultimately, I'm thankful for the one who, who created the cell phone. So isn't it interesting? We have, a, we have a holiday where everybody celebrates Thanksgiving, and we're thankful for all this stuff. And even people who don't know God, ultimately, they're thanking God. Because ultimately, Thanksgiving goes to a person. If you're thanking God for family, who's the source of the family? Well, God created them. I can't find anything in, in creation that doesn't have someone as the source behind it. And so ultimately, Thanksgiving can only give it, be given to a person. And so it's an awesome time of season, but to remember that time of season, other seasons, that I can be thankful and it's pointing to Jesus. When I'm thankful, I'm pointing myself to Him. When I'm not thankful, I'm pointing myself to somewhere else. Nothing may change in my life, but everything will look different. And most of the time when we're thankful, we begin to look back and in the present. But I, I would submit to you that when you're thankful for the past, you get hope in the present, and you have faith for the future. Because you look back at the faithfulness of God... You're encouraged about where you are now. It's, it looks better than it was. It may not have changed, but it looks better because you're encouraged to say, no, God was, God was there. God did this before. Something could happen. I could get out of this situation now. I could get out of this state of mind now. I can be free from this monster in my heart or whatever, whatever's going on in my life. I can be free from that now. And then hope looks to the future and says, I can step into something more. I can enter in. So there's something in Thanksgiving that unlocks not, it's my past, my present, and my future, and it changes my perspective because then the future looks different. My future looks different when I give thanks. So in Psalm 118, there's two things we're thankful for. Number one, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. The character of God. I have a, uh, a friend who's a, who's a counselor in town. He's been diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. I don't remember where the cancer is uh, or what. Maybe it's was now. Uh, he's going to get all kinds of tests and biopsies and stuff. But it, but it really struck me uh, as he was sharing with a group of us about his condition and his situation and when he was going for the tests. Because he said, I know God is a good father. He just said that. He, in the midst of his thing, he said, what I'm holding on to most is I know that God is a good father. And if you start with the character of God, you're going to be thankful. doesn't matter what your situation is right now because you're not looking at that anymore. Because Thanksgiving changes your perspective. And your, your situation, where you are right now, will not ever change most likely, unless you change your perspective. Because then your perspective, you're no longer looking at this, you can look forward, you can look up, you can look to the hills, the one who gives us help. There can be a change that happens. And so it starts with God and saying, God, you're good. I'm going to believe that you're good, and so tomorrow you're going to be good. When I'm facing this, you're going to be good. 
What a, and I'm just waiting for a powerful testimony for this man because, you know, I don't know what God's going to do. I don't know how God's going to do it, but I know God, God's good. I know He wants to heal. I know He wants to bring a testimony uh, to people around Him. And, and I know in His heart of hearts, there's times where He's feared. He's not trying to be, you know, all macho. He's looking, hey, there's times when I'm, I'm scared, you know. I'm scared for my life. But then He says, no, I'm not going to stay there. I'm not going to stay afraid. I'm going, to, I'm going to begin to give thanks that God's good. If you start with the character of God, then you have something that, someone that never changes. If you start with where you're at, you're going to have something that could change and it's not stable. God is good. God is good. He's good. And you have to, we have to believe it more than just something we say at church. And I'm not saying we shouldn't say it. But we have, to, we have to say, no, I really believe that. I'm really convinced of it, that you can't talk me out of it. Nothing can happen in my life that will talk me out of God being good. And if something happens in your life that talks you out of it, you didn't really believe it before that. You know, when my mom died, I, I never let go of God being good. Never let go. I was concerned about why he was doing things the way he was doing them. I was, why didn't you do this, God? Why didn't you do that? But there was not one time where I blamed God. There was not one time where I said, God, you're, you're not who you say you are. Because I know, I know he's good. I'm just convinced of it. You can't talk me out of it. You can't, you can't, you can't beat it out of me. I'm believing that God is good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if, I, if, I, if I have to let go of everything else, I want to I hold on to say, God is good. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. I don't care what my situation says. I don't care what's going on around me. I don't care how people are treating me. I don't care. God is good, and I'm going to choose to give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. That's who He is. It doesn't change. I don't get to define good. I don't get to define how He acts. I don't get to be in control of Him. He is God, but He's good. When you let go of that, you let go of hope. If you let go of God being good, there's not as much hope for the future because I'm, I don't know. Is, is it, can He really bring me through it? If He's not good and if He's not mighty along with the goodness, He can't do anything about being good. So I give thanks to the Lord for He is good. It has to start there. If you have nothing else to be thankful for, begin to thank God that He's good over and over again till you get it, till you breathe it in, till you live it, till it consumes you. God is good. He's good. Then it also says, the second part there, for His love endures forever. And it says that over and over again, His love endures forever. You know, on the word love there, your translation may say mercy, might say loving kindness. It's that word hesed. Hesed. God's covenant love. God's unrelenting, unchanging, unswerving, unparalleled, unending covenant love. His mercy endures forever. His loving kindness endures forever. Uh, his unconditional love. That's, that's all that's wrapped up in it. And so there's two things that Scripture over and over again says give thanks. For God's good. And then His mercy, His love endures forever. That who He is is the same in the past and the future. It's not going to change. His commitment to me, His covenant to me is steady. My covenant to Him, I, I might break that, I might turn away, I might do this or that, but His covenant to me, 
His love for me is steady and unchangeable. That's amen. That's a good thing. And that's something to give thanks for because then I begin to look in the past and I begin to see His love, His mercy at work in my life. When I, so there's two things. I give thanks for God, who He is, but then I'm beginning to give thanks for what, who, what God has done. And when I begin to look back, I'm encouraged about where I'm at. If He was there here, he's, He could be here now. And if He's here now, why not... Can He not be there tomorrow? Why can He not bring me through this? Why can I not overcome with Him? Why can I not be victorious with Him? Why can I get on the other side and do something that's, that's impossible? Why not? Why not see something impossible in my life? Because I'm seeing the, the possibilities of God in my life right now. I can look towards to tomorrow. But we have to choose to enter into that place. We enter into the gates. When you enter into the gates, things open up and I see them differently. I enter into His presence. I enter into... Have you ever noticed that... I mean, don't you just... I just love worship. I love singing worship songs. I love worshiping God. Why is that? Because we're giving thanks. Because we enter in. You know, have you noticed when you're really worshiping God, however you do that, it could be silently, it could be just sitting in quietness and and dwelling and meditating upon who God is. But in those moments when you're really giving thanks, when you've really entered in, you don't. Those other things don't look as big. The giants in my life look a little bit smaller. They look a little. They're like, I can beat this. Now I go back outside. I'm not giving thanks, and sometimes I let that giant grow back to. You know, I, I put different glasses on. <laughs> I take my, my Thanksgiving glasses off and everything looks different. But I put them back on and I'm looking with the perspective of heaven. Because Thanksgiving lets me enter in to His courts. And then I'm seeing things from the way God sees them. Go to Nehemiah 12. Nehemiah 12. This is, this is cool. I've never seen this before. Anybody know where Nehemiah is? <laughs> Mine's on page 400. So go to the left of Psalms. Okay? Nehemiah uh, 12. Nehemiah 12. <laughs> Pretty close. Sounds like it's around page 400. Uh, Nehemiah 12. And I just have a couple of quick thoughts here from Nehemiah 12. This is, if you don't know the book of Nehemiah, you can read it this afternoon (laughs) to get the story. The story is basically this. Nehemiah is a cupbearer to a king. He feels the call, senses the call of God speak to him about rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. So he goes to the king. He has favor. And the king says, yeah, you can quit your job. And in fact, I'll just pay you to do that. It's really a miraculous story. I mean, that's exactly what happened. You quit your job, and I'm going to pay you and take care of the the cost of helping build this wall to rebuild your homeland. So that's a miracle right there. That's the favor of God at work. So he begins to build, you know, gather people to gather and encourage people. Say, hey, let's do this thing. In other words, he has a vision. He begins to spread the vision, and he begins to say, you know, come join me. We're going to do this. We're going to overcome. He has opposition. He has enemies that try to stop him. They have to battle against him and stand against him. Uh, spiritual enemies as well as physical enemies. And so 
then as they persevere, as they come together as families, they do it together as a family and as families together, and they build the wall. And so this is where we are in Nehemiah 12, that the wall has been built and they're dedicating the wall. And in verse 24, which won't be on the screen, uh, it says this, And the leaders of the Levites were, well, Hashabiah, Sherebiah, Yeshua, son of Kadmiel, and their associates, who stood opposite them to give praise and thanksgiving, one section responding to the other as prescribed by David, the man of God. Did you, I just love that picture right there. That's the only reason I read that. It's like you got these people on each side and they're, they, they send the thanks over. And then the other side says, no, we're going to send the thanks back. You know, have you ever been at stadiums where they kind of start doing one thing to the other? And usually it's just chanting something mindless and pointless. Whatever. You know, it's, it's fun. But, but can you imagine this, this time where they, they've seen the faithfulness of God and they're just, the, the thanksgiving is being shouted from side to side. They're going back and forth. And they're saying that's how David wanted to do it. In other words, thanksgiving is contagious. When you, give it, when you do it here, boom, someone else catches it. Hey, I'm going to be thankful. Boom, I'm going to send it back to you. Be thanks, there's this thanksgiving ping pong going on here. Uh, so in verse 27 it says, At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication, look, with songs of thanksgiving, and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. The singers also were brought together from the region around Jerusalem, from around the villages, from Beth Gilgal, from the area of Geba, etc. All these other singers came. They, they show up with Nehemiah at the wall. Verse 31, I had the leaders of Judah go up on top of the wall. I also assigned two large choirs to give thanks. Have you ever noticed, have you ever read that Nehemiah? I know you've read it, but did you ever notice that? So he sets up two Thanksgiving choirs, okay? Two big groups of people that you're the Thanksgiving choir. One was to proceed on top of the wall to the right toward the Dung Gate. And it says all the people that went with them, all those people. In verse 37, at the fountain gate, they continued directly up the steps of the city of David on the ascent of the wall and passed above the house of David to the water gate. So they're going, they're going around one side of the, the wall, you get that? The second choir proceeded in the opposite direction. I followed them on top of the wall, together with half of the people, past the tower of the ovens of the broad wall, the gate of Ephraim, the Jeshanai gate, the fish gate, the tower of Hananel, yeah, and the tower of the hundred, as far as the sheep gate at the, at the gate of the guard, they stopped. So you got two, you get the picture here, you got the Thanksgiving choirs, and they start out together, and then they go opposite directions, and they're circling the wall. They're circling the city, and they're giving thanks as they do it. So the two, two choirs that gave thanks then took their places in the house of God, so did I. And it says in verse 43, and on that day they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing, because God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. Now here's what I want us to get from this. There's, there's all kinds of stuff we can probably get from this, but here, here is this. We want to skip to the dedication of the wall and not go through the 52 days of challenge that they went through. Isn't that, you know, this is so exciting. Oh, you got the two... Got the two choirs, the big celebration, probably some food afterwards. They're praising the Lord. Everybody's encouraged. Everybody's excited. But for it's, I think it's 52 days that they had to build the wall. They had they faced two straight months of 
oppression. Don't, don't think it was just, just like opposition. There was spiritual opposition going on. There was spiritual warfare going on with Nehemiah. He was battling spiritually as well as in the natural. And so, many times, when I look at someone else and giving thanks for all that they have or whatever's going on in their life, I can look at someone else and go, man, I just wish I was there. But you don't know the 52 days of battle that they went through to get there. You don't know the 52 days of battling discouragement, of, of, of rumors and, and slander. That's what Nehemiah battled. People speaking out against him. People declaring death over his life. You know, he had 52 days of spiritual battles. He had 52 days of trying to get people to work together. <laughs> and so, sometimes we want to get to the dedication of the wall without going through the 52 days. And I'm not guaranteeing it's going to be 52 days for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's just what it took for Nehemiah. It might be five, might be 50, might be 500 days. But here's the deal. If I know, if I believe that on the other side of those days is the celebration, then I'm going to press on. And so I have to believe, and part of giving thanks in the now is I'm giving thanks for what's going to happen in the future. I am believing that I'm going to circle this, I'm going to circle this wall. And sometimes I think it would be good, hey, circle our lives, circle my walls with thanksgiving. Just begin to, to in, in prayer, in giving thanks, begin to go over the walls of your life. What are, the, what are the things that surround your life? Begin to give thanks for those four corners, those, those different points of entrance and blessing that God has given in your life, and you'll begin to have a different perspective. And if you're on the building stage, don't give up. Don't give up. If I'm thankful for the past, I can have hope in the present, and then I'll have faith for the future. Last thing, we're going to look to Jesus. So interesting that Jesus, in two times where he's talking about miraculous provision, he gives thanks. And it says specifically, and this is part of the Jewish custom, they would always give, you know, speak the blessing, the thanksgiving, blessed be the God. I don't have it memorized, some of you maybe do. You know, it says all these things about who God is. There's different blessings they speak, but it's a blessing. It's basically thanking God. It's, it's giving thanks. In other words, it's, we start with thanksgiving. I start with giving thanks. So Matthew 14, 19, it says this. This is the feeding of the 5,000. So it's a miraculous provision. It says this, And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven... He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Now I know it's Jesus. And you can say, oh, they, they would have multiplied anyway, right? I don't know. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that Jesus, before the miracle happens, before the miracle happens, Jesus gives thanks. Sometimes before our miracle is going to happen, we have to give thanks. He didn't have the miracle yet. Nobody had the miracle yet. Nobody had the provision yet. Nobody had what they needed yet. Nobody had what they really wanted yet. They had less than they needed. They had less than they wanted. They had less than what was sufficient. But Jesus, as He looks to heaven, and He gives thanks. Matthew 26 the Lord's Supper, 
While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Is there a second part? Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to him, saying, Drink from it, all of you. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. Jesus knew exactly the miraculous provision that he was going to provide. And he decided to give thanks for it, even though it was going to cost him everything. He said, I'm going to give thanks. I give thanks for this bread. I mean, it's really powerful you think about it. He's giving thanks for the bread, knowing that that represents his broken, whipped, beaten body. And he chooses to say, I'm giving thanks. And he chooses to look at the cup and know that his blood is going to be dripping out of him like crazy. It's going to be flowing out of him until he dies. And he says, I give thanks. Because he knew the end result. He knew the miracle on the other side. Sometimes we have to give thanks for the miracle that we don't see to receive the miracle on the other side of the gate. It takes faith sometimes to give thanks. That's not the thanksgiving that looks back. That's a, thanks, that's a different kind of glasses. That's a different called revelation. It's the glasses of revelation. The Holy Spirit reveals something and we say, no, I'm going to give thanks. I remember over and over again, Sister Dorothy, when J.D. would, would say at prayer meeting, there would be times we'd be praying for something for several weeks and then he would say, we're done. We're not praying anymore. We just need to give thanks. We just need to start to give thanks. And there's sometimes in our lives when you've been praying for something over and over again where you need to know God has heard the prayer. You just need to begin to thank Him. You need to take the, the, the bread, look up to heaven and break it and say, thank you, Lord. I'm believing that you're going to provide. Amen? Lord, we just thank you for this morning. We choose to look to you and we choose to thank you. Help us enter into the gate where we can see things from your court's perspective, from the court of heaven, from the presence of heaven. Lord, we sang that song that says, let heaven come. Lord, we want to have heaven's perspective. Lord, we know that thanksgiving is is a language of heaven. It's a language that happens all the time in heaven. Whenever we see the angels, they're giving worship and praise and thanks to God forever and ever. And so there's, there's, a, there's an entering in to something other than where we reside normally. And so, Lord, we choose to give thanks that you're good. We want to hold on to your goodness. And we want to hold on to, your, to the fact that you love us, that your covenant of love will not be broken, that you have, it, have sealed it forever. And we thank you that Jesus sealed that covenant with his body and with his blood, that that it can't be taken away from us, God, that you have forever said, "I'm, I'm yours. You're mine. So we thank you for that perspective. Holy Spirit, stir our hearts not to give thanks just this month or this season, Lord, the Christmas season, when we're... Even people who don't know you kind of sing songs sometimes or hear songs about you. and There's kind of an openness, Lord. We just pray that we would be thankful people 
and use the power of Thanksgiving in our lives in January and April and July and in next October. Lord, we want to use that power that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you all want to pray together or start setting up family promise? <laughs> do you want to grab somebody and pray with them before we go? Um, go ahead and do that. Pray together. Uh, and then we'll just, if a few people can help us, we'd, we'd love to get that set up.